to the Word of God. It's fire we want. For fire we plead. Send the fire. The fire will meet our every need. Send the fire today. We need another Pentecost. Send the fire today. As we come to the Word this morning, um, I have to be honest, as I should always be honest, the Word of God has been a challenge to me as I've considered what I got to bring the share this, to share this morning. And in the same way that it's been a challenge to me, my heart's desire is that it'll be a challenge to each one of us. In light of the words of the song that we've just sung, send the fire, send the fire today. If we go through the uh, scripture, and uh, one which I'm going to mention a little bit later has already been mentioned from John's Gospel, but we'll discover that uh, the Jewish people, the children of Israel, throughout their calendar, they celebrated various festivals or feasts that God had told them that they were to keep, to commemorate. Because these feasts, these festivals would remind them of pivotal moments when God did something for them as a people and as a nation. And so when we get to Acts chapter 2, which if you're not aware of it today is Pentecost Sunday, when we get to Acts chapter 2, we come to the time in the calendar for the children of Israel when it was time for them to celebrate what is called the Feast of Weeks. And it was like an annual harvest festival or harvest thanksgiving. And the Greeks had given a word to this feast, and it's the word that we know better perhaps, which is the word Pentecost. And the word Pentecost means 50th. And it refers to the 50th day after the feast of the Passover. And so when we come to the book of Acts and the time that this is relating to, we could say what a year it had already been for them. Because that year when the Passover had arrived, it led to the moment when Jesus became our Passover lamb. And he went to Calvary for each one of us. And then for the 40 days that followed, because we know that three days later he rose from the dead. And so for the 40 days that followed, the risen Jesus appeared to the disciples on many different occasions, giving to them proofs that he really was alive. And then on the 40th day, they stood and they watched Jesus ascend back into heaven. But before he ascended into heaven, he spoke to them and he told them that they were to wait in Jerusalem until they had been received or endured with power from on high. And so on the day of ascension, we count forward another 10 days or 10 days after that, when added to the 40 up to the ascension, they make up the number 50. 
And so 50 days after the death and the resurrection of Jesus, or 50 days after the Passover, or 50 days after our Passover lamb had gone to Calvary and died for each one of us, we find that the city of Jerusalem was extremely busy. It was crowded as people came into the city to celebrate Pentecost or the Feast of the Weeks. And so that brings us to the scripture for this morning. Acts chapter 2 and verses 1 to 4. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, or we could put when the 50th day after the Passover had arrived, they, the disciples, and the others with them, amounting to around about 120, were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a rushing mighty wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance and so we arrive at these verses the disciples had waited in obedience to the command of Jesus, waited to receive the promise of the Father, which was to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. Thus, what was the celebration of the Feast of the Harvest became the moment that God chose for this incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which was also to be the birth of the church. For on that day, when the Holy Spirit came and filled the place and filled those that were gathered in that room, we find that Peter got up with the other disciples and he preached the first gospel message since the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus to the large crowd that had gathered within that city and as they listened to the gospel being proclaimed they became convicted of their sins as the Holy Spirit began to work in their hearts and we find they repented and they were baptized and it says that 3,000 souls were saved what a day that must have been. What an amazing day as the power of God came and filled them. And as a result, 3,000 souls were saved. So as I've said today in the church calendar is Pentecost or it used to be known as Whit Sunday. It's the day that follows 50 days after Easter that is marked in the church calendar to remind us of the initial and the incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And again I say, what an incredible day it must have been. And when we read those verses, when we read what happened, surely the prayer from each of our hearts this morning should be, Lord, send the fire again. We need another Pentecost. 
I need another Pentecost. You need another Pentecost. The church needs another Pentecost. Send the fire again. And so as we consider what happened on the day of Pentecost, and as we consider where the church is today, some 2,000 years later, I want to share what I believe that God has laid upon my heart for us this morning. And I'm going to ask some questions. And as I ask the questions, I want you to consider them within your own experience this morning. And as I ask the questions, I'm not going to answer them for you, because each of us need to answer them for ourselves. And four questions to start with. Does what happened back then in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost have any significance or importance for the church today? It's a good question. Secondly, what does it mean to be Pentecostal? Thirdly, what does it mean for us as a local church gathered here in Gateshead? After all, when you look outside at the notice board or on our website or anything else, our official name is Emmanuel Pentecostal Church. And so fourthly, in light of all of those questions, what does Pentecost mean for me and for you as an individual? Now as I wrote these questions down, to think about myself as well, because the Holy Spirit has been challenging me. So what I'm bringing this morning is speaking into my life, my experience, as well as I believe that God wants to speak into our lives and our experience. And I've been brought up from birth in Pentecostal churches. So that means that for 63 years, I have been attending Pentecostal churches. Since I was 19, I've been in leadership in Pentecostal churches, either as a deacon or an elder. From the age of 40, I've been a pastor in Pentecostal churches. And the scope of where they are, Madley, Hereford, Lempster, Bournemouth, and as a pastor, Sudbury, Rill, Wrexham, Shrewsbury, and here in Gateshead. So really I could say that my spiritual makeup or my spiritual DNA has been that of the Pentecostal persuasion. 63 years. But very recently, and um, when I say recently, within the last few weeks, I was asked a question. And I've already asked us some this morning. But these are the two questions that I were as asked on that occasion. First of all, how much value, so it was to me first of all, how much value do I hold to actually being classed as a Pentecostal? Then the second question was this. How much value do those attending 
that is those that come to Emmanuel Pentecostal Church hold to being a part of a Pentecostal church and again they're good questions they're challenging questions in other words when we take the word Pentecostal is it just a name rather than actually being what I am or what we are in practice and so as I thought about the questions I've really had to stop and consider them and think about them because the questions need honest answers from each of us so let me repeat those last two again obviously the first is to myself how much value do I owe to actually being classed as a Pentecostal and how much value do you attending Emmanuel Pentecostal Church hold to being a part of a Pentecostal church. Now, I would have to begin to answer according to what is my own experience or my Pentecostal practice today. And as I've stopped to think about the question, and I'm really being honest this morning, as I've stopped to think of that question in relation to myself, I would most certainly have to say, have to admit, I would have to be honest that my Pentecostal practice today is very much different or far less than what I would have to accept that it was when I was back in my teens and my early twenties. Now I can't answer for the church here because I wasn't there, here then. I've only been here for three years. But rather more concerning is this, that when I considered it compared to what I read about and I've heard from first witness people that were living during the time of the Welsh revival, my practice today is far different and far less to what it was around the time of the Welsh Revival in 1904, which was considered to be the start of the present Pentecostal era today. And we know that from the Welsh Revival came the Elim Pentecostal Church, the Apostolic Church and the Assemblies of God. But an even better comparison is to consider what we read in the book of Acts after the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And when we read through the book of Acts, and I'm going through the book of Acts on a Friday evening at this moment, and so I'm going through it. And as I go through the book of Acts, and I read, and I see what was taking place, and what was demonstrated through the apostles, through the uh, baptism and the filling of the Holy Spirit, I have to come to this conclusion. It is almost shameful to be known as a Pentecostal believer or church. For in reality, and in all honesty, we have to accept how far we fall short. How much we really are lacking today. And so in the words of that hymn again, we need 
Let's be honest about it this morning. We need, I need, another Pentecost. Send the fire again. But then, a little question. But do we? Do we? We sing it. We say it. But do we? This is, do we need another Pentecost? Well, obviously the answer is yes, in considering in how much we lack. But here is another vital question. Do we desire it? Do we desire it? That is the pertinent question to start with. What is the desire? What is the longing of our hearts? Are we eager for God to move amongst us? Are we desiring for the Holy Spirit to come and to fill us and to equip us and to empower us again so that we can become more like what we should be as a Pentecostal church in the day and age in which we're living in? But I could say that in many ways, whether we desire it or not, I think that when we look at the way that Jesus instructed the disciples not to go into the world, starting with Jerusalem, until they had been endured and filled with the Holy Spirit, it tells me that to be an effective disciple, desiring is good, but Scripture actually demands. That's far stronger. Scripture demands that we are filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so there is, really isn't or shouldn't be any choice in the matter. And as a result, the name Pentecostal above the door should be evident by the experience of Pentecost within our hearts and within our lives and in our outward practice. Perhaps the church today and I'm not just talking about here, but the church today in general. We have become too reliant on a program rather than reliant upon the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to do what we want to do rather than allowing the Holy Spirit to come and to flow amongst us and to move amongst us so that whatever we've got programmed down, we're willing to put it one side because we want God to be in charge. We want the Holy Spirit to be in control so that the Holy Spirit can move amongst us and we can see things happening because we're willing to open up our hearts and open up our lives to allow God by his Holy Spirit to have his own way amongst us. It's possible that with all the modern technology we've got today, it's taken the place of allowing God to be sovereign amongst us. A song that came to me when I was preparing or pondering over what I felt that God wanted me to share this morning uh, was the words of a hymn that's in, uh, it's definitely in the Redemption hymn, I'm not sure about Mission Praise as well. Okay, mission prayer. Um, make a melody. Yes. Make a melody. And the redemption hymnal. And it starts up like this. Oh, everyone who is thirsty in spirit. It's an invitation. Everyone who is thirsty in spirit. And then the chorus goes on to say that if we're thirsty in spirit, the response from God will be, I will pour waters on him who is thirsting. I will pour floods upon the dry ground. Open your heart for the gift I am bringing. While you are seeking me, I will be found. 
my mind went back to the book of Psalms. And a couple of Psalms we, we know so very well. The first one is Psalm 42 and verses 1 to 2. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? Verse 2 again. My soul thirsts for God. Can we say that this morning? In all honesty, as we read the word of God, as I'm speaking out of the word of God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Can we truly say that this morning? Our souls really are thirsting for God. We're hungering after God. We want to be filled with the spirit of God. Or have we become too complacent? Spiritually lazy. Just, just happy with the status quo. When all along God has something far better for us. Far greater for us. Far deeper for us. And it is only when we thirst and really thirst that we will be filled. And we can become the church that God wants us to be in the community around us. And then Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. Is that really our prayer this morning? Oh God, you are my God. And earnestly... I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. But then the next line says, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Is it possible as a church we become like a dry and a weary land? We need the river to flow again. We need another Pentecost. We need to hunger and thirst that God will pour out his spirit upon us again. Now this year I've been lamenting, not spiritually, but I, I have as well perhaps in many respects, because this has caused me to lament. But I've been lamenting that it's been far too cold for far too long for the garden. Because I go out into the garden, I go out into the greenhouse, and my heart just drops because nothing seemed to be growing. So different to last year. And now it has become so dry. And so I've had to start already to water the garden nearly every day. But as I began to water the garden, I've noticed that each time I now go, go out, that the life that I thought wasn't there, is beginning to appear. Now I planted some kidney beans right back at the beginning of April. And I'd given up. Absolutely no sign of them. So what I was, did I went down the two rows again. And roughly in between where I planted the runner beans originally, I planted some more bean seeds. You can call me Jack if you want to. <laughs> But the moment I began to water the garden, the original ones have started to come through. So I'm hoping I'm going to have a double crop. 
But I want to illustrate from that this morning. It may be as the garden was cold and the garden was dry and the garden began to crack because of the lack of moisture that our hearts are cold. And maybe our hearts are lie dry. Maybe we become spiritually weary. Maybe our devotion to God and for the things of God is not what it should be. And in John 7, the scripture that's already been read this morning, when Jesus had gone up to one of the feasts, the Feast of the Booths, that's another of the great feasts that the children of Israel are to remember. It says that on the last day of the feast, the great day of the feast, that Jesus stood up and he cried out. He didn't just whisper it with a whimper. He cried out so that the crowd could hear, if anyone thirsts. He could see the desperate situation of those all around him. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believe in him were to receive. For as yet... That is, at that moment, at the great day of the feast, the Spirit had not been given. And the reason why the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Well, today, let us be reminded that Jesus has been glorified. He was obedient to his Father's will. He went to the cross. He suffered and he died. He was buried and he rose again triumphant on the third day. And 40 days later, he, rose, he ascended back into the presence of his Father. And then another 10 days later, making up those 50, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the waiting disciples. So Jesus has been glorified. The Holy Spirit has been given. And we, the church today, we we need to receive the Spirit. There needs to be rivers of living water running out of our lives. And you've heard it, let me say it so many times before. And I said it on Friday evening. I love the words of the King James Version here where it says, From out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I need to lament spiritually because where are those rivers of living water for myself I need another Pentecost and what about us together where are those rivers of living water we need another Pentecost just recently we brought a new water feature for the garden it's nothing big it's nothing elaborate um, but it is solar powered. So, you know what our weather is like? It's solar powered, so it runs and it stops. <coughs> it's a little waterfall feature. So it runs and it stops. It, it, it flows or it trickles. And the reason why it runs and stops or flows and trickles is all according to the amount of sunlight that is shining onto the solar power panels to give it the power to work. How is the river of living water in your life this morning? 
How is the river of living water in mind today? See, just like that water feature, we need the power from above. We need the power from above to cause us to be flowing. We need the power from above to make us the effective disciples that we need to be. And so, oh, how I need the rivers of living water. I need to speak for myself this morning. But I know that I'm speaking for us as well. We need the rivers of living water. We need the promise of the Father. We need the Holy Spirit. We need another Pentecost. And yes, there are many of us this morning that may be able to look back. And I can look back to 1978 when I was 18 years of age. When I know the moment when God came and visited me in a special way. And I was empowered and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. But I can't just rely on what happened there in 1978. Because Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. He says you need to keep on being filled. Sandra's illustrated the car doesn't just keep running on the first tank of petrol you put in there. You've got to keep going and having it topped up. Otherwise you're going nowhere. And so it is when it comes to the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We need to keep on being filled. We need to keep opening up our hearts as it were like solar panels. So that God himself can visit us again and fill us again and empower us again. To the people, be the people that he wants us to be. The church that he wants us to be here in Gateshead in 2023. And I had so much more that I wanted to share this morning. But as I come to that point, I just sensed that the Holy Spirit said to me, just don't go any further. Leave it at that. Because God wants to do something. And I want to read some of the words about him again. And I know that time's going on, but who cares? We shouldn't care. We shouldn't worry. Because when we're willing to put our programs to one side and allow the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do, who knows what can happen? Who knows? O oh God of burning, cleansing flame, send the fire. Your blood-bought gift today we claim. Send the fire today. Look down, it says. And see this waiting house. There's a big challenge there this morning. Are we singing the words because they're there? Or are we singing them because we want to be a waiting host? <coughs> we want to be a waiting host. And send the promised Holy Ghost. We need another Pentecost. Send the fire today. To make our weak hearts strong and brave. Send the fire. To live a dying world to say, send the fire today. Oh, see us on your altar lay. We give our lives to you today. So crown the offering now we pray. Send the fire today. Send the fire today. And I wonder if we could just sing that first verse again. 1004 is the number. Oh, God of burning, cleansing flame. And just where you are, if you want to just stop singing the words and just open your heart up to God, allow him to come and to minister to you this morning in his presence. And after we sang this song, we just wait a few moments in the presence of God and then I'll hand it back over to Sandra. Thank you. Let's stand.